0: Good morning, welcome back to Status Al-Wada We are here speaking with Professor Yasser Munif on uh, Syria It's a casual conversation and we are very happy to have him back Do you Arabic or Yes? Okay, okay Good morning, Yasser, how are you? Good morning, good, how are you? good good uh we uh of course are happy to have you again you've been uh on status Lwada for several uh, times now at least a couple of times or um uh, i've interviewed you at least a couple of times and we are very happy to be with you today even though none of the news that we will be uh, addressing or the conditions we're addressing are are anywhere near happy um, uh, I would like to say just a couple of things about uh, about you to our listeners. Uh, Yasser Munif uh, is a, an assistant professor in sociology at Emerson College. He's the co founder of the Global Campaign for Solidarity with the Syrian Revolution, and of course, he's a Syrian activist. He's also a friend of mine. We've talked uh, a lot about Syria. We have a lot of common um, uh, positions uh, on some basic matters, but uh, we uh, also have our differences, and we always uh, benefit from speaking with um, Yasser because it actually uh, ends up being a a productive discussion. Uh, Yasser, tell us uh, in uh, in brief or not so brief terms uh, what you think is the uh status if you will of the of the uprising uh, or uh, however you want to call it uh, uh the war the revolution uh, I'm not particularly fond of the of the term civil war um but in Syria but uh, uh how can you shed light on what uh, you think is happening from your perspective
1: Uh, Thank you for having me. Uh, I will start by saying that uh, there is a Syrian uprising or Syrian revolution ongoing since 2011, March 2011. And that's because of uh, a number of different factors, including what happened in uh, Tunisia and Egypt and and elsewhere. And uh, the popular uprising was obviously... uh, very uh, threatening to the Syrian regime and since the beginning the Syrian regime tried to undermine that uh, uprising and try to undermine the popular revolt and it did that through a number of different um, mechanisms but basically trying to confuse the message and uh, introduce a kind of war um, of narratives Um, so ideology as we know is a battleground and the Syrian regime is using it very uh, skillfully and so since the beginning it tried to talk about uh, sectarian war and uh, um, and uh, international intervention and uh, proxy wars and US imperialism and uh, jihadist uh, flowing you know g- coming from all over to Syria to fight and establish a caliphate and, and so on and th- obviously there is truth to each one of those narratives and um, there are um, overlapping maps um, of um, and de- describe different realities of what is going on, but I think it's important to shed light on uh, the Syrian revolt, which is I think the backbone of what is going on, and uh, there will be no end in uh, um, f- of the war in, in Syria unless we address that. Um, uh, the source of uh, or the origin of um of the uh conflict which is dictatorship forty years more than forty years of dictatorship uh the assad family and the assad um basically institution have been uh completely monopolizing power and um and uh, all sorts of social relations and economic relations in, in the country, and people are fed up with that, and they are revolting against that. So I think that's really the entry point to understanding what's happening in Syria. And then as we understand that the, the, the simple, um, basically um, uh, framework, then we can add as much complexity as we want, uh, because obviously it's a very complex conflict. Um, Obviously, there are many different uh, actors involved. And the more the, uh, the conflict goes on, the more uh, there are new, um, new actors. So I think I would start by saying that uh, we should concentrate and focus on and um, really uh, make that uh, struggle uh, visible, the civilian and military aspect of the revolution. Uh, which is undermined by a a number of different actors, the Assad regime, but also the Russian and the U.S. and Turkey and and Saudi Arabia and and so on for for various reasons. Um, The Turks, for example, don't want the the establishment of a Kurdish state and uh, they're trying to undermine that. The Saudi and uh, other Gulf countries are afraid of a successful revolution and they're trying to undermine the revolution by... Um, diverting it from uh, its uh, national and popular uh, dimension to a more sectarian and fundamentalist dimension, um, and so on and so forth. Um, but the, the revolution is still ongoing. It's not necessarily the main dimension, uh, and it's been isolated recently. Uh, but people are still struggling and many people are choosing to stay where they are, for example, in Aleppo and other places, because they believe that um, they, um, they, in the politics of dignity and they need to topple the Assad regime and to defend their villages and their cities and, and so on and so forth. Um, so I think that's really uh, key to understanding what's happening in Syria.
0: Uh- Thank you, Mm, Yasser. Before we actually uh, go back to uh, a discussion of what is happening now, I just want to share with you that uh, many people listening, uh, kind of irrespective of where they stand, uh, they would be uh, taken aback or or surprised, uh, perhaps uh, more than that, uh, at some of the... uh, Things you said regarding uh, Saudi Arabia and the U.S. being on the side of uh, the regime and Russia. The whole idea is that uh, those people that uh, you described that support a a pro-regime stance, uh, their main point is that uh, the intervention of these actors has actually complicated things and uh, affirmed uh, whatever theories they have, whether or not this is the case I'm I'm not interested in that but uh, how do we uh turn around Saudi's Saudi Arabia's uh support for I mean material support which is actually ongoing for uh, various groups uh, in in various ways uh into a an enemy of the uh opposition or revolution or uprising and uh the US also is uh, continuously involved in ways that are at least uh, um uh you know, maybe not what people on uh the side of the opposition want, but the US is involved in uh extremely dangerous ways. I mean in in, in frankly in my view, uh, uh dangerous to all sides and not necessarily uh dangerous just to one side but definitely has been from the very beginning supportive of the uh uprising or the uh, uh, those who support the uprising with, uh, with the, some uh, fluctuations that took place after 2013, absolutely. But uh, can you just clarify this point? Because it came up a few times and it also came up in a letter whereby um, the opposition or members of the opposition condemned uh, the U.S. as an imperialist, uh, but uh, there was much support for its intervention. Uh, before that and until now it's uh, it's a place or a an actor that is being pleaded or people are pleading with it to actually intervene on behalf um, uh, of the uh, of the opposition or against the regime can you just clarify this point uh for those who do not uh who are not uh, convinced uh, by it i mean i i personally am no. not convinced uh, but there may be others who actually share that sure um
1: I think that the Syrian revolution is and the Syrian conflict, whatever we want to to name it. And um, I think uh, the politics of naming has also repercussions. That, that's why I always prefer Syrian uprising or revolution. Uh, and I think that discourse and ideology, as I said, is a battleground and we should, shouldn't leave it to uh, the more reactionary and regressive war- forces. Uh, but. It's, the, the Syrian revolt is connected to what's happening in the region. Uh, I don't think uh, we can disconnect it. And all Arab dictators are aware of that. Um, and the Saudi are especially afraid of uh, repercussions of the Syrian revolt um, into the Gulf. Uh, that's why they were trying to um, support the Assad regime in the beginning for a number of months. Uh, They were providing um, symbolic and diplomatic uh, support and um, bashing and uh, criticizing the revolt uh, in the beginning. And then when they saw that uh, this is not going to be um, uh, impactful, uh, they shifted side and started supporting the most reactionary and fundamentalist uh, and Wahhabi groups in, in in the opposition or the military. Um, uh, groups uh, and the reason why they're doing that is uh the possibility of contagion in the in the region uh, so if uh, these the Syrian revolution would have been successful in matters of month, uh the next um, target would have been Saudi Arabia and uh, jordan and and so on and that 's why they were trying to diverge the popular uprising and Turn it into a civil war or a sectarian conflict, and that's exactly what they did in Bahrain, and that's also how they dealt with their own revolts in, in Saudi Arabia. Um, and likewise, with uh, the US, the US has never been uh, a proponent or uh, an ally of uh, democratic forces in the region, and um, has been is known to have um, backed and supported the most regressive and fundamentalist groups in, in the region like other colonial powers in um, uh, in, in the region. Um, for example, the well-known story is um, the British supporting the uh, Muslim Brotherhood and the U.S. supporting the, um, uh, the uh, Mujahideen in Afghanistan and elsewhere. Um, and that's why they are opposed to the revolt and they are opposed to the de- democratic demands of the population in the region. Um, very much like um, others, such as Russia, Russia, and uh, and um, and Iran, and so on. But they seem to be on different side of the conflict uh, for uh, a number of reasons, um, because they have um, different or divergent interests, um, and um, they're ut- utilizing Syria as as um, uh, region or uh, where they can um, conduct their proxy wars and resolve conflict elsewhere. Uh, so their confrontation with Russia in Ukraine or in um, with Iran in Yemen and so on is, has also connection and uh, implication in Syria. So it's a multidimensional conflict. Um, but the fact that they're giving some weapons to some groups doesn't mean that they are supporting them. And for the most part, this, the, the U.S., has been preventing uh the opposition from getting um anti-aircraft missiles um the 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 uh, Saudi and the the uh, Qatari wanted to send those um weapons and uh the US is preventing them from from getting them and it's still today i mean that would resolve the problem of the civilian killing in Aleppo but the US is opposed to uh, the opposition getting those weapons. So I mean, this is uh, just recently the Obama administration undermined uh, a resolution that would have passed very easily in the Senate that would have um, basically sent a very clear message to the Assad regime uh, and uh, denounced its uh, war crimes. Uh, And so the Obama administration uh, didn't allow that to happen, although it would have been very easy to pass it in in the Senate and so on and so forth. I mean, there are countless examples of how the U.S. is actually against uh, the Syrian revolution, is not willing to give weapons to anyone fighting the Syrian regime, but is very generous when it comes to uh, those who are willing to fight ISIS or uh, the Kurds who are not fighting the Syrian regime and so on and so forth. Uh, so, so, I mean, there are countless examples of how those different countries are using Syria for their own narrow interest and not they're not supporting the Syrian revolution. Ab, ab, and I, yeah, I yeah. think part of the, 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 uh, the uh, confusion is that sometimes some of those countries are backing some military groups, but that doesn't equate and should not be conflated with uh, the Syrian revolt because many of those military groups... Are very reactionary and oftentimes they undermine the Syrian revolt and sometimes fight with uh, some of the most progressive forces, whether they are military or uh, civilian uh, in the revolution. So, so that's I think the reason why some people are confused. Uh, obviously, Saudi Arabia is giving weapons to Harar uh, Sham. Turkey is also channeling some of those weapons and so on, um, and to Jesh Isla, uh, Islam. But those groups have been, I mean, undermining the revolution, uh, marginalizing the revolutionary councils, arresting activists, and in some cases killing them, um, uh, preventing, uh, helping the Syrian regime in besieging some of these regions and so on, because they're profiteering from it and and so on. So um, that's why I think it's important to understand that none of those um, countries involved is really backing the Syrian revolution, on the contrary
0: uh well uh, thanks Yasser. uh well first of all it's refreshing to see or hear that uh somebody who is uh, in full support of the uh Syrian uh uprising or revolution uh condemning the role of uh Saudi Arabia and uh uh, the United States and Qatar and Turkey, except that this puts you on par with a lot of the critics of the of the uprising uh, or the opposition that uh, that uh, are dominant, uh, and 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 uh, I'm saying this, uh, you know. Uh, seriously, but also with a with a dimension of uh, uh, incredulousness, because uh, then it makes a lot of the discussions and arguments and debates kind of uh, senseless. Because this is the main point that is uh, usually critiqued. It's not that uh, people shouldn't rise up against a brutal dictatorship. It's that this uprising has been supported by. Uh, what you are describing uh, who have their own interests that do not comport with the interests of Syrians so uh so that might be uh an interesting turn i am i wonder the extent to which uh all the uh, more powerful uh factions uh, within the opposition civilian or otherwise would would be able to repeat uh uh, some of the some of the claims you made and and make them front and center because early on of course in the first two years uh one did not hear uh this uh, as much or in, in as much clarity in all cases i i i wonder um i wonder how uh going back to what is happening now and uh, especially the uh uh the uh overlapping of uh, various brutal uh wars and bombardments uh, whether in Aleppo and now we hear about what's happening in uh Iraq especially that the um uh attack on Mosul started which is these are not uh, completely disconnected uh events to uh, to uproot ISIS from Mosul and uh, of course in many other areas the Saudi uh, bombing of Yemen continues Uh, in light of all of these things uh, I would love to hear from you and and uh, as I shared I I mean I might softly you know interrupt or disagree but I'm here to listen to you much more so than have a have a like a like a back and forth or a debate but can you let us know uh, what the status is uh, currently from, from your perspective, especially in light of your comments that uh, you're making a distinction between Harar uh, al-Sham, uh, who are externally funded and are the forces. Um, and of course, Jabhat al-Nusra or Fatah al-Sham now, who are even more, uh, uh, you know, reactionary, according to uh, most uh, voices. Uh, so, if you uh, if you take these um, forces out of the equation, uh, who is the regime and uh, its allies uh, fighting? Really, uh, I mean, is it that easily taken out of the equation? Because in most uh, Instances uh, they uh, they with uh, along with uh, various other groups, whether it's uh, Jewish Islam or Zinki or other groups are at the forefront and and constitute uh, you know the uh, the a solid core if not the solid core. So how do we disentangle uh, from your perspective these groups from the. Uh, uh, quote-unquote revolution because it's not... It, it, it sounds nice when you talk about it, but in reality, it it just doesn't seem to comport with what is happening on the ground. Yeah. So... you uh, are... Uh, when... uh, something is snapping. Oh,
1: it's maybe... Yeah, the
0: table. Yeah.
1: So I would go back to the idea of the opposition. I think we should talk about opposition in the plural uh, because they're, they're uh, diverse. Um, but when people talk about opposition, most of the time what they have in mind is the official opposition. And that opposition um, doesn't represent much. Most people don't recognize themselves in that opposition. And um, they don't really respect that opposition. Uh, and I'm, I'm talking about the coalition. And they feel that uh, they live abroad, they're not really connected, they're um, they're completely dependent on the U.S. and uh, what have you, Turkey and, uh, and, and Saudi Arabia and so on and so forth. And it might be true that in the beginning people had hope with the U.S. and Saudi Arabia and so on, but I, I don't think uh, many people are still um, duped by those countries. I mean, um, most people are... Uh, Extremely, extremely uh, critical of the U.S. and aware are aware of what the U.S. is is doing. For example, the U.S. Um, and Jordan are preventing uh, any kind of um, confrontation between the Free Syrian Army in uh, the the south and um, and the Syrian regime. And this front has been completely paralyzed for more than a year and a half the uh Syrian population in those regions is extremely critical and wanted um, uh, a kind of um, a, a, a continuation of, of the war I, I, against the regime because of the siege of the different regions because of what they see the Syrian regime is doing to uh, the suburbs of Damascus and so on and yet that front is completely, uh, has completely stopped fighting because the U.S. doesn't want it to fight and because Jordan is not willing to um, give them weapon or, uh, or um, allow them to um, to open front. So, so I mean, people are not supportive of the U.S. and what the U.S. does. I mean, one of the things that people uh, requested from the U.S., there was a campaign um, few few months ago or maybe a year ago uh, asking the US since they are using the um the uh, their uh airplanes and have to contact the Russian and the Syrian uh about you know the trajectory of the airplanes and, and so on, they knew when there is um Russian or Syrian airplanes flying. And they could have, be, uh, they could have alerted uh, the Syrian in different regions about um, potential or uh, upcoming uh, bombardment. And yet they, refu- they refused. I mean, this is a very simple uh, 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 request that would have saved civilian lives, that doesn't require any kind of uh, um, weaponry or backing any kind of military groups. And yet, the U.S. Uh, refused to to give that kind of information. I mean, just to give you the kind of uh, cynicism and um, how much the U.S. and other countries are uh, opposed to the success of the Syrian revolution. Now, to go back to the what's happening now, I think uh, the Syrian regime was about to fall a number of times. Um, one time, at least, uh, in 2013, uh, and it utilized the uh, chemical weapons. And I don't think this is a controversial issue anymore. Um, there has been a lot of reports showing that the Syrian regime used the chemical weapons and it used the chemical weapons because it, it was about to, to lose major battles in, in uh, Damascus. And uh, that was also a time when they invited, uh, the, uh, Hezbollah to enter massively in, um, in the war and back, uh, back its troops. And later on, the Iranian entered. Um, and then the second time the Syrian regime was losing major territories and uh, Bashar made um, uh, a speech saying that from now on we'll only try to preserve the useful Syria, what he calls the useful Syria, which is mostly the coastal Syria and um, and Hama, Homs and, uh, and Damascus, that kind of strip. Um, and that elsewhere could be lost and that's that's fine, but we'll preserve those territories. And that was a major, uh, surrender kind of, uh, speech. And that's also the point when the Russian entered and saved the Assad regime. And I think that was a turning point, uh, for, for the Assad regime from that point on because of the massive, uh, military force that the Russian deployed in Syria, uh, and, um, and their, their willingness to have this war, uh, a proxy war against the U S and other actors, uh, Europe. Um, to make a point uh, um, against what's happening in, in Ukraine and that Russia is willing to go very far to preserve um, uh, Crimea and, and so on. Uh, I think that's really a turning point. And that also pushed for more radicalization uh, because most actors, most countries turned their back to uh, the FSA. Uh, and what's happening in the Syrian revolt, I mean, you see that countless times and and, and in so many different ways Uh, fighters funding and leaders moving from the most secular progressive uh, national kind of uh, military groups to the most uh, reactionary and uh, salafi and uh, fundamentalist and violent uh, groups for a simple reason that's where uh, the the funding is is going and that's where uh, many of uh, the countries that I described earlier are trying to undermine um, uh, the revolution by funding those those groups and undermining the more national and secular uh, groups. Uh, but I think it would be a mistake to just focus on the military aspect of the revolt. And I think that the real backbone of the revolution is um, the civilian resistance, which is multifaceted. Uh, I mean, it's the hospitals, it's the schools in some regions, it's the relief work, which um, is part of the revolutionary uh, endeavor. It's not simply um, meant to be helping people. Uh, and as I said, many people chose to stay in Syria because uh, they believe that there is something going on and uh, they're defending this politics of dignity um, that um, has become uh, um, uh, a leading kind of uh, politics in, in the entire region. So right now, the situation in Aleppo is extremely difficult. Um, the uh, the Russians are trying to create a new uh, um, situation on the ground, um, and that's because of the elections, uh, the U.S. elections, um, because they're uh, afraid that... Um, if Clinton wins the elections uh, the um, the politics in Syria would be more hawkish uh, and I think that's most 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 people interested in Syria are predicting um, and that's also the history of the Clinton family a more hawkish approach to Iran and uh, and Syria and uh, other uh, part of of that uh, region. Uh, so that 's why the uh, the uh, the Russian and uh, the Iranian are, tra- are trying to create a new uh, reality on the ground by uh, trying to take over um, uh, Aleppo but that also has major implication in the way they are using their um, military uh, power um, and indiscriminate bombing of civilian and targeting uh, the infrastructure uh, to make it impossible for people to resist inside the city. So they've been targeting breadline and uh, hospitals and um, basically where it hurt the most uh, in Aleppo and other parts of of Syria. And they've seen that it's been a very successful way to uproot uh, the resistance, basically trying to create a kind of conflict between the military dimension and the civilian in each one of those uh, regions, uh, and uh, basically the civilian asking the military to uh, to give up and um, and leave this their city to to stop the bombing and indiscriminate killing and the violence um, and I think that uh, what 's happening in Aleppo is a, is a good example of, of that that the regime has uh, basically doesn't have any um uh limits to the type of violence it's using because there is really no more uh pressure put on the Syrian regime i mean what the us has been doing for the past year is uh diplomacy um with the russian and uh we saw what that did um so Right now, I think the, uh, what's happening is uh, a turning point. It's a very difficult uh, um, period, and uh, the violence and the killing of mostly civilians is, um, is um, unbelievable. So um, it's not clear what uh, the, uh, the implications of that are going to be, but I think that's really preparing the terrain for uh, a Clinton administration taking over after uh, Obama.
0: Thank you yes sir uh there is a lot in what you said that I would love to engage and uh uh both uh you know uh confirm or affirm or also disagree with uh, but I I want to move to a last segment and I hope we can have more time to talk about uh, many of these things in the future because I think a lot of the a uh, lot of the listeners uh quote unquote who, who who usually agree with you might 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 find some of what you said uh maybe less in line with with the you know with the opposition line and um of course people listening to me um are probably thinking why am i letting all these points go but this is really not about again this is not about um uh just having a a match a debate match but it's 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 wanting to see and hear and and listen um to to your point of view and and the last thing i want to ask about in that regard is uh basically what is left then i mean we understand we all understand uh the continuation of uh, the regime's uh, behavior from you know decades ago until this moment of uh, putting itself first uh, regardless of what it thinks it's fighting and regardless of whether it is partly true or not uh, in terms of uh, external actors and their, and their particular interests in doing what they're doing in Syria uh, and regardless of uh, uh, the polemics. What is left of the opposition if we are talking about uh, reactionary fighters supported by reactionary countries that are uh, hereby, uh, you know, uh, critiqued, condemned uh, by you, Uri- whether it's uh, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, or the United States, uh, groups on the ground that are not necessarily part of the quote unquote uprising in the eyes of many? Uh, like uh, Jabhat al-Nusra's new reincarnation, Fatah Sham, and others, uh, are we talking about uh, uh, a military uh, confrontation uh, between uh, patently a patently weaker uh, set of military factions on the uh, ostensible side of the opposition, and then a more powerful regime with? Regional and international allies, and then the revolution, the uprising, the civilian component of that original sentiment of the of the uprising is now out of the picture. and And is this what we are uh, witnessing? Are we potentially witnessing a transformation, perhaps? And are all these people that you are addressing in the civilian uh, dimension, uh, or the fighters that probably do not? Uh, Uh, support Qatari, Saudi, and American support, which is still difficult for, I think, many to uh, agree with. And definitely I I do not uh, support that point of view. Uh, I I think things are uh, much less ideal than than that picture. I think the support continues, and uh, much of the opposition, based on everything that's been written, Uh, will uh, think a million times before they critique, let alone condemn, uh, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and Turkey and the United States, although the United States now has uh, fell out of favor among many. But uh, what is left of the uh, uprising? Are we looking at this transformation? And if so, might not that be uh, an opportunity to sort of... uh, Focus on uh, all the civilians that are either uh, fed up, exhausted, disgusted, or hijacked by various groups, uh, because they they might have a lot more in common than than what we think. Um, yeah, um,
1: I, I think that the Syrian revolt uh, is besieged. It's uh, it's marginal. It's not necessarily necessarily the dominant dimension of uh, what we're seeing today. That's that's for sure. But it's also connected to what's happening in the entire region uh, and um, i think that this is uh, a process that we need to think in the long duree um, that it's not going to uh, go anywhere anytime soon uh, and that this revolutionary process that started in 2011 due to a number of different factors uh, i think that we should uh, understand it also in the context of um, the economic cri- the global economic crisis uh, and um, and that it's going to go on. Uh, and uh, social processes are slow, and people uh, and cultural uh, uh, processes are also slow. But um, I don't think that this uh, dictatorial order is uh, going to last for more than 10, 15 years. Uh, but i that's the type of um, uh, um, temporality that we need to, to think about. And so maybe this is not a good phase for the revolution. But if we think about the long term, uh, I think there are prospects, uh, because what people have been doing in the past five years, I think that the Syrian revolution in many ways is the most radical uh, 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 revolutionary process in the entire region. Uh, And that's why we see so much violence against it and so many actors opposed to it trying to undermine it, because it has so much potential. Um, but also, on the other hand, uh, I don't want to be over optimistic. Uh, if the Syrian revolution is completely crushed and if the Assad regime is able to stay in power and crush most of um, the the revolution, that will he- have repercussion uh, in the entire uh, Arab region. That's why I think the stakes are very high, uh, and that's why the left, and we could talk about that at some other point, the left uh, should be um, defending uh, what's happening in, in Syria and uh, see that their only option is to be opposed to both dictatorship and also to imperialism um, and, uh, and uh, Islamic fundamentalism. Uh, and I think we should learn from the past uh, when people were um forming coalitions and parties around one issue uh oftentimes the left was struggling against um uh, around the question of class. When the Black Panthers emerged, they were talking about um the the question of race and then feminists were talking about gender and it took a lot of time for activists and people to think about um uh the intersection of all these different um, uh, dimensions. And likewise, I think in the region, we we should develop policies and ideologies and discourses that really tackle all these different dimensions. Imperialism, I don't think it's simply U.S. imperialism. I think imperialism is a network and it includes Russia and it includes China to a certain extent, doesn't have much implication in the region right now, but will in the near future, uh, the US and Europe and, and so on and so forth, it's uh, really a relations of power rather than countries. Uh, and many of the left think about um, those processes, imperialism and so on, um, uh, thinking about countries, and they think that's limited and reductive. Um, and same thing with political Islam. I think the good thing about uh, about that is um, the emergence of the caliphate and now the demise of the caliphate. And so hopefully we'll be, able to topple the Assad regime and also the uh, caliphate will be um uh will have been defeated uh and will send a message to um fundamentalist forces and political Islam that um there is no prospect for that type of politics in in the region uh but i agree with you i mean the um i'm not very optimistic at the moment and i think that uh the syrian revolution has been isolated has been Marginalized uh, and is besieged for by many forces and many uh, different uh, actors. Uh,
0: thanks, Yasser. I uh, again, I mean, there's a lot to talk about, but uh, two things you mentioned. Uh, you mentioned the left, and I, uh, you know, of course, uh, assume that. Given that you you, you profess to be part of that, uh, you know, uh, sort of dimension or movement, I'm I'm assuming you're talking about aspects or factions or individuals because the left is a big word um, uh, and has been, uh, you know, more and more amorphous uh, because of the the conflation of left progressive and then, you know, gradations within uh, each of these uh, categories. So this is something to talk about. Uh, I know and you know that there's been a lot of uh, polemics uh, in the past couple of weeks. We're in the middle of October now, and uh, this is when we're talking about this. Uh, The other topic is is something that, of course, uh, bypasses a lot of what we are witnessing today, uh, including the positions of different people, uh, whereby it is evident that uh, things will change at one point, even if it takes some time. But when they do, um, uh, one will look back and uh, wonder why people didn't mobilize earlier to make things happen at the civilian level uh, in a major and concerted manner, not just you know in terms of uh, groups here and there. Uh, and that's one thing I would like to talk about, and that is the civilian dimension that you addressed because just as with the Lebanese Civil War... In that case, it was more of a classic civil war. And in many other cases, we do um, find that uh, people kind of uh, uh, have a different perspective after, and that perspective is not necessarily positive, as we've seen in the case of Lebanon. Uh, But it's a dimension that's good to talk about earlier and look at the um, common denominator among or across various groups that support either, you know, the opposition, however broad that is, or that uh, seem to be uh, within the regime's orbit, because to say support the regime, you know, for large swaths of people, as if they are supporting it for its own sake, is actually not factual. Uh, uh, for anyone who knows Syria, it's much more complicated than that. And I hope that we get the time to talk about this, uh, because it does deserve its own time. And then the uh, the question of the of the polemics, which which can be a total waste of time, but they can also be productive if they are done properly. Uh, and I will um, uh, be in touch with you again and we'll let uh, you say the final word if you have something to say.
1: No, thank you. Thank you for having me. It was um, a joy to have this conversation with you and um, have uh, more in and, and the future. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. absolutely. Thanks for coming uh, to our uh, show and uh, being generous with your time. Shukran. Thank you thank you for having me okay Habi salam
1: in elqa